Well, hey, what's going on, Michelle? How's everybody doing tonight? Yeah, that's good. Hey, so real quick, just tonight, hey, just listen up real quick. So tonight's going to look a little bit different. Uh, and part of the reason it looks a little bit different is because, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I actually don't get to teach that much. But tonight, I'm actually teaching. Um, so we've been going through this series called In Other Words, right? And as you guys know, we've been looking at words that we use in the Bible, words that we use in church and in Christian culture that we might not really know what they mean. Uh, and so far, we've looked at salvation, we've looked at baptism, and we've looked at Bible. And it just so happens that this week, we're actually going to talk about worship, which is really fun. I'm really excited about that. So a couple weeks ago, Stephen and I had a meeting. We were all talking with our N12 team, and we were talking, and we were asking ourselves, how can we make this night a little bit different than we normally do it? What can we do to make it a little bit better, a little bit different, just, a, you know, another flavor? And we decided that since I'm the worship pastor here, it would only make sense that I talk about worship, right? That kind of makes sense. Y'all see that? So I'm talking on worship tonight. But before we get into that, I just want to take a little bit to kind of introduce myself, because I know some of you might not know who I am. So for those of you that don't know me, my name is John, and I am the worship pastor here at 12 Stone, M12 Central. But I'm actually not from 12 Stone originally. I'm from Reading, Pennsylvania, which is kind of like a sub-city area of Philadelphia, and I had them throw this up here on here. What I love about Philadelphia is we got the best football team in the world. Isn't that right? Show it. Show it. Flag was fly. It's supposed to be, yeah, there it is. Let's go. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, we're not really, we're, I'm just kidding, we're not, we're not that good. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I'm from Reading, Pennsylvania. Hey, listen up real quick, listen up. So I'm from Reading, Pennsylvania, but I actually went to college in the South. I went to college in Virginia, especially I went to Liberty. And um, while I was at Liberty, I studied worship and music. That was something that I actually wanted to do and something that I studied. Um, but my story is that I actually was involved with worship since I was 14 years old, and they, they had me throw an embarrassing picture of myself when I was 14, so if y'all could put that up. This is me when you think about a 14-year-old John, if it'll come up anytime soon. It's really bad. Just prepare yourselves for it. Look at that. <laughs> it's kind of what's... <laughs> yeah, so anyway, so that's 14-year-old John. Hey, listen up, listen up, listen up. Hey, listen up real quick. Reel it in, reel it in, reel it in, reel it in. Reel it in. Uh, so when I was 14 years old, I got involved with worship. It's something that I love to do. Um, but when I was 18 years old, God called me to full-time ministry, and he told me that I was going to be a worship leader in a church somewhere. And so I went to Liberty and studied it. And when I was at Liberty, I met a bunch of people from 12 Stone, and now I'm here. And um, I love it here, guys. I love being here. I love 12 Stone. I love getting to hang out with you guys, interact with you guys, just have a great time. And I love getting to lead worship with you guys. I love getting to stand up here and lead you. But I'm going to be really honest, just really honest for a second. Sometimes it, it, it makes me a little sad when I lead worship because I kind of look out and you can kind of see, you know, you can see a lot of people from up here. And it just looks like from my perspective that some of you don't really understand it and get it. You know, it looks like some of you just don't really understand why we do it, why it's important. Um, and I want you to know if that's you, like, listen, that's fine. When I was in middle school, I didn't know anything about anything. Like, I just didn't know anything at all. So I didn't know what Bible meant, baptism, salvation, worship. I didn't get it. So I've been where you're at. And that's why I love that we're doing this series. That's why I love that we can just look at these words and what they mean. Um, and so my hope for you students tonight is that when we're done speaking and we're done with the night, that you would have a different understanding of worship when you leave than when you walked in. Um, so first, I want to ask you a question. I don't want you to answer it, but I just want you to think about it in your head and your heart. What is worship? When you think about worship, what do you think? So we want to know what worship is, but it's impossible for us to know what it is unless we define it first, right? So I want to give you the, this is the Webster's Dictionary definition of worship. So the Webster's Dictionary, it should be on the screen, there it is. It defines worship as the act of showing respect and love for a God 
especially by praying with other people who believe in the same God. And then it also says the act of worshiping God or a God through excessive admiration for someone or something. Now listen, I don't, I hate to read and I have a really bad memory. So I know that I cannot remember that, right? So I decided that for tonight, I was going to try to come up with a simpler way to define worship. And I think that we can get the definition of worship, a really good one, by adding two words together, the word worth and the word ship. And when we add those two words together, this is the definition we get of worship. We get worship is to give our focus and attention. Is it on the screen? Yes. Worship is to give our focus and attention to the thing that has the most worth to us. Let me read it one more time. Just really take that in and listen and focus. Worship is to give our focus and attention to the thing that has the most worth to us. And so let me give you an example of giving worth to something. Now, I don't have this, so don't freak out. But if I pulled out a $5 bill out of my pocket and a $100 bill out of my pocket, who would want the $5 bill over the 100 uh, over the hundred? Or who would want the hundred dollar bill over the five? Yeah, that's, listen, if that was you who said you want the five over the hundred, come find me afterwards. We'll talk. I'll get you some, a math tutor or something like that because y'all need it. You want the hundred over the five, right? That's the right answer because the hundred is worth more than the five. So in that example, if I pull out a hundred and a five, you would fix your attention and your focus on the hundred because it has more worth and more value than the five, right? And so I'm not, and again, I'm not saying that in that scenario, like if you pick the hundred over the five, I'm not saying you worship money. It's just an example of how you fix your attention and your focus, right? But I want you to catch something real quick about that definition. Can you throw it back up for us, Travis, the shorter definition of worship? If you look at that definition and you take a close look, you'll notice that there's something a little strange about it. You'll notice that God is not mentioned anywhere in that definition. You see that? God, there's no mention of God in that definition of worship. And why that's important, students, is because with that, we can imply and we can say that you can worship things other than God. Like, that is a possible thing to do. We say it in a Christian culture and context, so we always mean God, but it's possible to worship things other than God. And that'll make sense in a little bit. I'm going to revisit that. But just store that away. We'll come back to it. Um, but back to worship, right? So we can define it, but what does it look like? How does that, how does that look like in a biblical context? So I came up with a few examples of biblical worship, of Bible characters who have worshipped. And I'm sure if you all grew up in church that some of you probably know most of these, but I just want to rattle these off real quick. So Abraham, you all remember Abraham? Abraham worshipped God when he was obedient, and he moved his entire family into an unfamiliar place because God told him to, right? So that story is God told Abraham, I'm going to make you into a great nation. I'm going to make your descendants great. And in order for you to do that, I need you to pick up everything that you have and go to a desert. And that doesn't sound like fun to me. I hate the heat. I'm not a fan of the heat. So I wouldn't want to pack up and move to a desert. But Abraham did it. So that's Abraham. Moses, okay, Moses worshiped God when he built the temple where all of God's people could go and give offerings to the Lord. So when he brought the Israelites out of Egypt, God commanded Moses to reestablish Israel as a nation. And one of those ways was to build a temple where they could go and worship God. And it took him a lot of time and a lot of effort. And he had to deal with a lot of stuff to get it done. But he did it because he was obedient to God. And that was his act of worship. Here's another great one. And I love this one because there's a VeggieTales movie on it. And I watched it all the time when I was a little kid. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? Yeah, they got great names. Say, hey, listen up. Just listen up. So, so then you all know the story. King Nebuchadnezzar told them that if they didn't bow down to this golden statue that he had built, that he was going to kill them. And they stood there and looked him in the eye and said no. So he, again, King Nebuchadnezzar, he built this giant statue, and he told his officials to tell all the land, have everybody in the land bow down to this statue, and tell them that if they don't bow down to this statue, that I'm going to throw them in the fire. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood there and looked the king in the eye and said, we won't do it. And that was their act of worship. 
And then, of course, we've got Jesus. You can't have a sermon without Jesus, right? So Jesus, his act of worship and what he did to worship God was he prayed the words, not my will, but your will be done. Those are the last things he said before he went on the cross to die for us. And so I know I just gave you a lot of information at one time, but y'all are smart, so I know y'all can process it. But what I want you to take away from all of that and what you'll notice when you look at that is that every single one of those examples of worship are different. Right? We can all see that everybody worshiped differently. Everybody had something that made their action worship. So if they're all different from each other, then how can they all be classified as worship? That begs that question, and that's a hard question to answer. And on the surface level, I don't know. But luckily we have this, this book called The Bible, which you learned about a few weeks ago. And so if you look at the Bible, the Bible gives us a clear answer and a clear reason as to why those were all acts of worship. It's found in Colossians 3.17. It says, Whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all for the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through him. That's the answer to how all of those examples are classified. I want to read it again to you. It says, whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through him. See, students, everyone in the Bible who worshiped God, everybody who was able to live a life of worship, they all understood that. They all understood that God had more worth than anything that they could obtain or have here on earth. And because they knew that, they kept their focus on him and were able to worship him. Y'all follow that? Y'all see how that connects? And hey, listen, um, I remember when I was in middle school, you know, I remember it wasn't that long ago. I remember sitting where you were, and I remember I would hear these sermons, and I would hear these talks, and I would hear these messages, and I would sit there, and I wouldn't really get it, and I wouldn't really care. And um, so I I just want to just let you know that I've been where you're at. And I can tell you right now that some of you are thinking some of the following statements. Some of you are probably thinking, so what? Why does this matter to me? Some of you might be thinking, there's no way I can give God my full attention because I have a test tomorrow. And if I don't get my full attention on that, I'm not going to get a good grade. I'm going to get grounded. Or maybe you have a game that needs your full attention. Listen, I understand. I've been there. I remember exactly what it was like. And so as somebody who has been where you're at, and who has experienced what you've experienced and what you're experiencing now, I want, you to t- I want to tell you something. And what I'm about to tell you, I want to say it and come to you knowing that I'm saying this out of love and because I care for you. And this is, just please hone in on this. Students, when I stand up here on a Wednesday night and I lead worship and our team leads worship, and I look out and I see, not all of you, but I see some of you turning, like literally turning your backs to me in worship turning to the person next to you, pulling out your phone and checking Instagram and Snapchat. Listen, students, when you do that, you're totally missing it. When you do that, you are, whether or not you realize it, you are voluntarily putting your attention to something that has infinitely less worth than what God has for you. Like, don't, and and I just don't get it. You know, I just, I just can't understand why you would do that. Don't you understand the value of this? See, Christ, listen, God became flesh and sent his son to die for you so that you could know him on a personal and an intimate level. And some of you during worship, quite honestly, are wasting it. You're just wasting it. And listen, real quick, for the first time guest tonight, um, I just want to say I'm really glad that you're here, first of all, um, and that I want you to keep coming back and that we believe that at M12. What we believe here at M12 is that God became flesh and sent his son to die for you so that you could have life in him. And if you're a first-time guest tonight and you've never heard that before or you're struggling with that or you don't know what it means, I encourage you to find a leader and talk to them and ask them, and I'm sure that they would be more than happy to tell you about it. 
But that being said, um, I want to speak directly to students here who have been coming to M12 for a while now and who claim to know and follow Jesus. Students, if you're not already looking at me, look at me. I know that a lot of you, most of you, say that you love God and that you want to follow him in everything that you do. And I love that you say that. But your actions during our time of worship suggest differently. Students, listen. God desires your full attention and worship. God wants for you to lean into what he has for you. He wants to comfort you. He wants to lead you. He wants to show you things that you haven't seen before through his son. And see, when you place your attention and your value in the things in this room and in this world that distract you from God, it is impossible It is impossible, students, for you to worship him in that moment. And because it's impossible for you to worship him in that moment, it's impossible to have him lead you into places where he wants to take you. It's impossible to have him take that thing from your life that feels like it is bogging you down, that thing that causes you so much pain, so much worry, so much hurt. God wants to take that from you. But you focus on something here that has infinitely less value. Um. And, you know, I've heard the excuse, I haven't heard it here, but I've heard it from some people of, well, I can do both. You know, can't you worship and put your focus somewhere else? Um, and I want to tell you very very blunt and blatantly, no, you can't. Um, you cannot take 100% and split it into two and still have 100%. That's just bad math. Um, so, and I'll, let me give you an example. Has anyone ever gone up, and please don't erupt, has anybody gone up to their mom or their dad to ask them a question and they're on the phone with somebody? You know what I'm talking about? And you try to talk to your mom and you try to talk to your dad and you try to ask them something. And it's always when you think that it's like, a, like you need the answer right now kind of a thing. You know, like, can I go here? Can I go here? And you need an answer in like five minutes or the plans are going to go apart. And you ask them and you talk to them and you don't have their attention. But you think that what you have is worth their attention, but they won't give it to you. That's exactly what you do to God when you stand up here and we worship and you put your value in the things around you. And students, listen, this is, this is a big deal. Listen, this is why you were created. You were created to live a life that honors God in everything that you do. And students, listen, look at me. Some of you are throwing it away because you think that your Twitter feed and your Instagram likes are more important than having a relationship with the king of the universe. And listen to me, they're not. They're not. And students, I just want to share with you something real quick before you wrap up. Um, you know, sometimes I lead at M12, sometimes I play at M12, and... Um, I was looking out at the crowd one night, and I'm going to show you a girl in the front row who was doing this, and I'm not making this up, students. This is exactly what I saw from a girl in the front row at M12 Worship. And students, listen. That breaks my heart when I see that. See, listen, God has so much more for you. And my dream and my vision here at M12 would be when we worship here at M12, that you would give God your full focus and your full attention. Not for me, I, like it doesn't affect me, but listen, God has so much more for you. He wants to take you and lead you somewhere that you can't go, that Stephen, myself, and Nathan can't take you. He wants to give you that, but you just put your attention in the things here. And so my vision is that we would come in here and fix our eyes on God and we leave the distractions at the door. And listen, if I'm talking tonight and you are identifying yourself as someone who does that, someone who kind of texts their friends or they'll talk, listen, I want you to know that that is not the, like, that doesn't have to be the end of your story here. That doesn't have to be your spiritual identity of someone who puts their attention in the things of this earth. You can fix your eyes on God, Jesus. You can do it tonight, actually. Um, we're going to do something a little different. The band's going to come back up. 
And we sometimes do this here at M12 um, where we'll play a song. But tonight we're going to do it a little bit differently. Um, tonight we have a little bit of music planned for you where it's just an acoustic, a piano, and our voices. And the reason I wanted to do that, students, is because I know for myself personally that I can get sometimes distracted with lights and caught up in the moment of this is a, a concert. You know, I, I can feel like that. I know if I can feel like that, I know you can feel like that. And so what we're doing tonight is we're going to create an atmosphere for you to seek God, for you to pray, for you to, to sing, for you to just to contemplate. And I encourage you to do that in this moment. I want you guys to sing, to pray, to contemplate. And listen, students, this moment that's about to happen, don't let it pass you by. Don't let this slip by your hands. Listen, God has something for you right here and right now. He has so much more for you. Don't waste it, all right? Let's fix our eyes on tonight. Let me pray for you guys, and we'll just continue to worship. Um. God, the things of this earth are dim compared to you. And sometimes we don't see it. And sometimes the enemy tells us that, um, that the things of this earth are better and they're not, God. You have the most value and the most worth to us, God. You pulled us from death into life. You gave us a new name and a new home in your kingdom, God. And the least we can do is just give it back to you, God. And so tonight we're just going to stand and sing your praises, sing of who you are, what you've done. And we just ask for those of us who maybe in a long time haven't, haven't looked at you, Jesus, who haven't sought you in worship, God, we pray that you would reveal yourself in this moment, reveal yourself in your spirit all across this room. So students, why don't you all stand back up? Let's continue worship tonight.